Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeart Radio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, it's John and Ken On Demand, the podcast, same as the radio show, and you can listen to what you missed. Don't go anywhere. We have another keyword to be revealed around 2.20 for your chance to win money. And just after that, we're going to talk to Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, about that wild story uh, concerning an off-duty pilot who got to sit in the cockpit in the jump seat with the uh, operators of the aircraft, and apparently he tried to take it down by shutting the engines off while they were at cruising altitude. We'll find out more in about uh, 15 minutes from Alex. Right now, there's going to be supposedly a Malibu City Council meeting tonight, and some residents are going to show up demanding action. And that is because last week, horrifically, it was about 9 o'clock Tuesday night, a speeding car driven by a young guy slammed into three parked cars, and then it also hit four women. Uh, they were all killed they were believed to be standing near the cars when they were struck and this is not the first time there's been deadly crashes on this uh, segment of pacific coast highway in malibu and residents now think that this is the time something desperately needs to be done to slow people down so let's bring on our guest chris wisner chris how are you welcome to, to the john ken show Hi, nice. To, thanks for having me. It's Chris Weisner, but pretty Weisner. close. All right, Chris Weisner. Uh, I, th this has been going on for decades, right? That is, that is a racetrack, uh, PCH. No uh, question. I, I've lived and worked a mile apart of PCH for the last 20-plus years. So 
I've seen it all. I've almost been hit myself on Thanksgiving Day in the median divider. Um, I've pulled a motorcyclist out from underneath a car. Uh, my wife, just six months ago, while she was pregnant, we had a hit and run on PCH, and they never caught the guy, although we had camera footage, everything, you know, dash cam, all of it. So, look, I've been through it all, and with this tragedy, two of the four girls I personally knew, um, I was the former president and chairman of the Malibu Pacific Palisades Chamber of Commerce. They both worked for me there. Uh, one was Neve Rolston, the other was Asha Weir, and they are both fantastic. Asha Weir, she was so fantastic that I had to have her at my company. So she came to work at my marketing agency in Malibu called Vivid Candy, and uh, she worked for me literally just up until probably two weeks before this tragedy. The only reason she left is she just wanted to spend full time on her senior year as a student, doing all the student activities. So if you can only imagine, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, just six days before the accident, me and my wife loved her so much that we said, look, let's reach out to her about babysitting our three-and-a-half-month-old daughter. And she replied right away and was honored to do it. We we're going to do that. And, uh, she was just so pure, so innocent, such a great empath, just put everybody ahead of herself. You know, a fantastic girl, all of them were. You know, the other two I didn't get to know personally, but I've heard just incredible things and um, so much I can say. But, you know, on the PCH side of things, let me just start with this. I don't think it should be called PCH after this ever again. I think the word highway means 65 miles per hour plus, and that's the mindset of anyone hearing that word. I think it should become a roadway, and that should be the first big change. It's Pacific, It's PCR. Pacific Coast Roadway. What is the speed is limit there, Chris? What is the speed limit there in this area we're talking speed about? Speed limit, it's going to vary from probably about 45 to 55 to 65. You know, now that begins to sound like a highway to people when you're hitting 65. Yeah, and people think when they're going through the 45 zone that it's no different to go 65. And what's even crazier is I live right on PCH, and so is my office. I literally hear the drag racing at night. And it breaks my heart. I actually lost my voice a little bit. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Because the next night after this accident, this it's not even an accident. It's a, it's a crash, a collision. Um, at 11, 10 p.m. that night, I heard 10 motorcyclists coming down in a gang at 120 to 150 miles per hour zipping past my house. I ran off my deck to yell at them so hard that I blew, blew my vocal cords. <laughs> you know, for days I've lost my voice. I was just heartbroken. I called 911. The call lasted maybe 15, 20 seconds. I don't know if they ever caught them, you know? So this has been ongoing, and people really treat this not just as a highway. It's a drag strip, you know? Oh, From I, wait. the mouth of pier and those straightaways, it's a drag strip. I don't live that far away. My wife is absolutely terrified driving on PCH, terrified to be in the middle of the road waiting in the turn lane to make a left to go back into uh, Santa Monica or the Palisades. We got a lot of friends who uh, live in Malibu. One of them is Michelle Shane, uh, who did that oh, documentary. Good friend of mine. Yeah, 21 Miles good in Malibu. I was just, we were out to dinner with them on Friday night, and I was going over his movie because in the movie, uh, he said there have been 56 recommendations made by some committee. 56. Caltrans has adopted one of the 56. And Caltrans' standard response is we have to keep the traffic flowing. That's the response to yeah. every critique. Their number one mission is to get as many cars in and out of PCH as possible, which 
for me, that's backwards. And again, this is not a highway. You know, on a highway, you don't have pedestrians. You don't have parallel parking. You don't have people standing in the middle trying to cross. You don't have runners, you know, bikers. If you did, you know what we would say? That's deadly. You don't have that on the 405 or the 5 or the 101. So why do we have it here? Something's got to change. And this needs to be a milestone in history where we make that change. But where that, that, you know these that, four so girls and everyone before them not in vain. You're going to the Malibu City Council meeting tonight to try to demand action. But John mentioned it is what Caltrans that's responsible so Caltrans for road. doing something with this road. Well, ultimately, there's no doubt it's Caltrans District Seven. They're responsible, and they should have done many things a long time ago. In my opinion. They're a dinosaur that needs to be disrupted right now. They need to wake up. Well, we besides besides we changing it to back. roadway, what else would you like them to do? I think the speed cameras, if we can get the new bill for California to adopt that, and put us in the pilot program, would be a huge game changer. I think the penalties need to be really strict, really, really strict. And I think that we need more patrol for sure. You know, we I barely see cops when all these things are happening. I don't think they can even catch up to these guys. They're going so fast. Um, I know from Michelle Shane, a big one too is Ballard's. That would be very protective. There's just so many things we could do. Um, and then ultimately, one big thing, which is all of those things I just mentioned, you have to build them. They have to go for permits and cities and all kinds of people to get there. And they take time. Well, but you know, that. what you said just a minute ago, it, it is such a crazy setup. Because they have all the, um, the the whole geography there is as if it's a local main street, right? You have yeah. endless stores and strip malls, cars coming in and out of parking lots, parking along the side of the road, the beach across the street, people constantly crisscrossing, people biking, just like Main Street in a small town in Kansas, right? Right, except people driving different. 70 miles an hour. Except, yeah. yeah, the traffic is the 405. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. You know, you don't have people doing that on the 405, so why is this any different? It, well, you know, it, the, it, the it, last part. No, go ahead. Uh, oh, the last part I was going to say, like, one fundamental thing that has no roadblock, so to say. Excuse the pun. But, look, just simply educate the 45 million people coming in and out on this road about the dangers of this highway. It's amazing to me. How many times I talk to somebody that's never been here or they're visiting, and they think it's safe to stand in the me median divider. They think that's safe. Wow. It's not safe. They think it's okay to just swing their door open when they park on, par on PCH and not look for a bicyclist coming down. People aren't educated on these things. Like the only way you should cross PCH, for example, is both sides are crystal clear. You can see. There's no way you're going to get hit in that case. Right. But even the crosswalks, I know of many, you know, I've seen horrific accidents where a pedestrian using the crosswalk didn't look, but the crosswalk was lit up and they got hit and killed. Here I'll tell you what, you know, you got, you got to pay attention. All right, Chris, we got to go, but I, we'd like to stay in touch with you and see what uh, effect is there. I guess there's going to be other residents showing up tonight for this meeting. Oh, I, I can imagine everyone's going to be there. There's a petition that came out from Michelle Shane with 21 Miles in Malibu documentary. And I know every time I refresh it, there's 100 new signatures. The last refresh was an hour ago. It was about 2,200 signatures. 
All and right, it's well, spreading we'll, we'll, like wildfire. So I can imagine how many people are going to be there tonight. All right, we'll give this story as much play as possible to get something done because we understand, and especially you were connected to two of the young women killed. Thanks for coming on and uh, report back to us. No, my pleasure. I really hope we can get a positive message out there and create change. So thank you so much. All right, that's Chris Weisner, founder of a marketing agency called Vivid Candy. He's going to go to the Malibu City Council meeting tonight. They want something to be done about this uh, stretch of Pacific Coast, and he doesn't even want it to be called highway anymore. Roadway in Malibu, which has taken so many lives over the years, and most recently the four young women who uh, went to uh, Pepperdine University at Seaver College. All right, next, your chance at some money. And then we'll talk about another big story, this one about a pilot who was off-duty who got to sit in the cockpit of a jetliner and in the jump seat, but apparently tried to take that plane out of the sky by shutting off the engines. Really bizarre. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right, one of the big stories today is that apparently an off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot tried to shut off the engines on a flight. He managed to be able to sit in the cockpit because he get in the jump seat there as a courtesy. And uh, we're going to get more detail on the story now from Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI. Hey there, guys. Yeah, this is a totally normal thing that the pilots do all the time. The, the, when they need a seat on board a plane and the, the plane is full, well, then they jump seated and they sit up front. And I think most people think, well, good, there's another pilot up there who knows what he or she is doing that... Now you got a an extra hand up there if something were to go wrong. Well, the allegation is on this Alaska Airlines flight, Everett to San Francisco, that as they were flying, that that third pilot, 44-year-old Joseph Emerson, off-duty, sitting in the jump seat, made a comment along the lines of, I'm not right. And then last night went for the controls to shut off the engines while they were in flight, not just shut them off, but to uh, completely ruin them in the sense of, uh, uh, putting out the fire uh, extinguishers so that then they would be flooded with uh, extinguisher powder and, and chemicals, and they could not be restarted, and went for them, and there was a struggle in the cockpit. They got him out of there. They subdued him in the back, put him into handcuffs, and then made the call that they had to make an emergency landing in Portland, and uh, Live ATC caught the, the calls from the pilots saying... Oh, he's got the uh, occupant. He's uh, handcuffed, and he's an ass-back jump seat when law enforcement arrives. And uh, right now he's uh, staying calm. Now, this is a, a pilot who was on his way, we understand, to San Francisco to fly a Boeing 737 on a flight that was going to go last night. So why on board when he was not actively flying? And, you know, if he had been on his next flight, he would have been in command of that flight and, and uh, possibly been able to, to execute whatever he was trying to allegedly execute uh, on this uh, Embraer 175, the, the plane type that they were on. Uh, but the, the radio calls in continue. It doesn't sound like he's causing an issue in the back right now. I, I think he's subdued. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. And we've been talking today to neighbors. Uh, this pilot lives in Pleasanton in the Bay Area, and they say, totally cool dude. The, the, this is somebody who plays with his kids, 44 years old, has young kids, good dad, always super nice, seems to love his job as a pilot and working for Alaska Airlines. They're shocked by it. 
Uh, those on board say they didn't even know what was going on. The flight attendant came on the loudspeaker and said that they had a medical emergency and had to land. This guy was in 1A and said, well, then then the pilot got on. I was actually asleep um, while this was going on. And when I woke up, the pilot had said, had clarified and said, we're landing in Portland and said there was a disturbance in the cockpit um, and we need to land in Portland immediately. The FAA is saying, guys, that there is no known connection to world events right now, that this is not ideology, that this is not some kind of terrorist thing that, that he was doing. Seems like that they're going to be looking at mental health, the I'm not right comment. What's going on in his life with his marriage, with his parents, you know, with his children, uh, business stuff going on. What could have led to this? But they're checking it all out now. They've been... Searching for clues uh, today since he was arrested, but he's charged now with 83 counts of attempted murder for everybody on board the plane. 163 charges in, in total, and uh, they're investigating right now. Uh, you wonder why, if he was going to do this, he didn't do this on the flight that he was going to uh, be the pilot on that was coming up later, you said, right? Yeah, and uh, we don't know that yet. Uh, why wouldn't you, if, you know, if you were trying to take down the plane, wouldn't you do it on the the one where... You were the one at, at the controls. And, you know, Alaska Airlines, you remember a couple of years ago when there was a maintenance worker who stole a plane, took off in it, and then flew around Seattle and eventually committed suicide and plowed it into the, the woods. Uh, so yeah. Alaska has dealt with, you know, at least if it turns out to be mental health, something like this before in the sense of somebody in an unauthorized way trying to take control of an aircraft. But what this will be, and if they'll go down the mental health route, or something else, or is he going to claim, look, I was just, I had a soda over there, and I reached for the soda, and they tackled me in the cockpit and took me down. You know, I, we don't know what the defense will be. It's He'll just be weird that it afternoon. happens while everybody is on a high terror alert. Yeah, I, and, and could it be the... It's a strange you know, coincidence. Uh, yeah, uh, but, I mean, maybe, maybe it is what, you know, it, it just happens to be at the same time, or is it that everybody was on hyperdrive and overdrive on, on this we don't know uh, but around two tomorrow he'll be in court we should begin to get some of the charging documents at that point with with more details we should know more i was going to say are they going to rethink exactly when or they let the other pilots sit that close to uh, the operation you know it's a good flight? question uh, because it's so routine in the airline industry that is how pilots deadhead from one city to the other oh, yeah. quite a bit and you know you could be a southwest pilot and sit in alaska cockpit vice versa it's a courtesy the, the captain has to okay it. I mean, they, they do all the time, but, you know, technically you are a guest of the, the captain. Will there be some captains now that are going to say, no, you know, we're, we, don't, we don't want you to be in here. But you think that these are trained pilots who they're in control of their own aircraft every day. So if they're going to do something, why would you think they're going to do it when they're well, sitting behind you? you know, I wonder if this was even planned, if he just had a weird Or just snapped in that moment. Yeah, like an yeah. impulse that... He's got All right, voice Alex is talking to him. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, we'll probably get more reports from you during the week on this story. Thank you, you for got coming it. on. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI. Again, this Alaska Airlines pilot by the name of Joe Emerson, 44 years old, has been arrested. And I guess there'll be a court appearance tomorrow because it looks like uh, riding as a guest, he tried to take down an Alaska Airlines plane that was actually in the air by turning off the engines. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And I'm just looking at a photo of him. Yeah. Smiling, completely bald. Looks like every other Joe. Huh? Yeah. Just there's another a, Joe. Yeah, there's nothing uh, distinctive about him at all. And all but he apparently said was, uh, what was that line that Alex uh, said? Uh, I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm not well, yeah.
All right, more coming up. I always feel like that. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Around the radio from 1 until 4 and then after 4 o'clock, John and Ken On Demand, the podcast. This is a, a little mini hoot. Uh, Coca-Cola has uh, erased all references to Black Lives Matter on their website because they used to give a lot of money to BLM because mm -hmm. BLM is supporting Hamas. So. <laughs> oh, is that the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, uh, now Black Lives Matter out of favor. What will we find next to divide everybody? What is the next thing to come down the pike? Didn't see that one coming after the attack. I thought, well, that's horrible, and Hamas has to go. And <laughs> Not of, exactly. A lot uh, of Hamas fans in this country. Well, Who knew? Uh, all right. Coming up after 3 o'clock, we'll talk to uh, 
Yet another candidate who wants George Gascon's job, Los Angeles County District Attorney. He's got quite a number of challengers. In fact, nine at last count. There'll be a vote in March in a primary. Uh, our guest will join us after the news at 3 o'clock to outline her reasons for wanting to knock George Gascon out of that job. All right, so September 30th, 2023, marked the end of the federal fiscal year. We're telling you that because the Biden administration just tallied the worst year in border security history. The final numbers from Department of Homeland Security's fiscal year 2023 have been released and border agents detected 2.1 million illegal immigrants down slightly from 2020 when it reported 2.2 million. But there was apparently at uh, land crossings and airports, officers encountered 1.1 million unauthorized immigrants. That's double the rate of 2022. So overall, a record year. A record year, yes. A record year of invaders. A record year of people breaking the law and getting away with it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, it says here, uh, according to the story, that uh let me see if i can get this exactly right uh, customs and border patrol also seized 27,000 pounds of fentanyl mm. nearly double last year's record and more than five times the rate of 2020 and we know fentanyl's been the hot drug the last couple oh my of God. years this is so disastrous this is so overwhelming disastrous to let millions of people in the country with nowhere to go and then just just billions of dollars worth of fentanyl and meth and cocaine and all the rest of it I mean, mean, again, if you wanted to destroy the country inside out, what would you do differently? Get its people hooked so they they kill themselves, flood the cities so they have people in the streets creating more mayhem. What what else could they do here? So the total is 3.2 million illegal immigrants between those two Border Patrol agents and then the other places where the airports and the ports of entry and... Uh, another 1.1 million. 169 terrorism suspects. Yeah, there you go. Were also detained yeah. during the fiscal year. Sure, sure. And I wonder how many how many got through. When you have millions of people, two, three million people coming into this country illegally, what if only one-tenth of one percent of those are bad guys connected to terrorism or organized crime or drug cartels, right? I mean, that's that's 2,000 people. The Wall Street Journal did an incredibly big story on this over the weekend. Illegal immigration is a bigger problem than ever. These five charts explain why. Record number of migrants are coming with children from countries that can't, they can't be deported back to, Mm. which is another issue here in trying to do something about the problem. Uh, They have several charts here. By demographic, you can see a big spike in single adults again uh, and uh you know what the, the way to respond to this is uh, put these people on planes and just simply land them in those countries and open up the plane door and say bye what you do you mean have to parachute them they won't let you land you, you can't well you you <laughs> land anyway uh, have have them uh, escorted by the military and and land it and let everybody out the guy oh you can't return it to that country because let's like screw them these are their people you know fleeing their corrupt government or their corrupt economy Yes, you could take them back. Uh, Table or chart number two is also a bit fascinating. Shows you going back to 1960 
where the illegal border encounters are by region. And you look at California, and sure enough, you see the big peak, and they were leading the way uh, back in the mid-'80s, but it's tailed off. It really tailed off down to 2010 to 2015, but it's come back up again the last several years (laughs) since you know who's been president. Then you look at Arizona, where they had a big peak. It looks like the George Bush years, 1997, 98, into 2000. Tailed off, but now has come back up in 2020. This goes till 2020. And Texas and New Mexico. Wow. That's the one that is off the charts in more recent years where it was kind of even uh, throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s into the O's until we hit 2020, 21, 22, 23 well, where Biden, this is where they're going, Texas and New Mexico. Well, Texas is much closer to South America and, and Venezuela. Yeah, that's So it's correct. a much right. shorter trip for these particular types of immigrants. When California was it's in, in its heyday of illegal immigration, it was largely Mexican people. And then right. as the uh, immigration uh, shifted to Central America and then South America, it's, it's much closer to cross the border. Uh, the two countries we're talking about that have a lot of migrants that are difficult for us to deport them back are Cuba and Venezuela, as you might have guessed. These are communist countries where deportations are either difficult or nearly impossible, although both recently agreed to start accepting deportees for the first time in years. Uh, well, then, It remains then, to be seen if that's going to have any effect. We should go day and night, uh, 24 hours. If they're accepting anybody, just flood the zone. Just land 20 planes at once, empty them out, and then bring in another 20. You can you know, see in yet another chart the spike in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua immigrants in just since 2020. Back in 2020, it was almost flat. And then suddenly a big spike. Uh, you know, a little what, drop this year, but still you know, big you know numbers what they would in those see, countries. What they would love is turn Texas into a democratic state. That's the whole idea here. Texas is such a big state now. Its population is increasing. Economy is exploding. They're building homes and businesses left and right. Businesses moving in from all over the country. Same thing with Florida. They want to turn Texas into something else. Because on the electoral map, it's no good to have Texas be a Republican state with Republican senators, a Republican governor. All well, those Republicans move there. Books. That might help them turn a little more blue. Huh? Well, that's yeah, that's that that that'll help. Depending them as on well. what guy, some people think they were Californians that voted for Republicans that are moving there. Oh, I, I think I, so. I, I yeah, definitely. But that's why that's why suddenly the Republicans aren't coming in within a hundred miles in any election. Well, why right. that, that that that's what's never talked about. They always say, well, it's because uh, the Republicans of California uh, uh, are against abortion or they against illegal immigration. No, it's because they moved out. That's why. <laughs> There aren't many uh, left. Meanwhile, old Joe, who made that pitch last week for big money for Ukraine and Israel, is apparently going to sweeten the deal by putting in border security money to try to get maybe some Republican oh. votes for all of this oh. uh, aid package. That, they don't need more money for border security. They need to enforce the law. They need new border policy. Yeah. So does this is a scam? Oh, you bribe the Republicans with border security money so the Republicans can run on that in their districts because the public doesn't know any better. You don't need more money. What you need is a change in policy. In fact, there's a congressman in Texas who said that, Dan Crenshaw. This is a policy issue. The border has never had a money issue. We need to get in the room, go to the White House and sort this out. Yeah. So, you know, that that they, they should hold things up hostage until the policy changes. Not, right, just, ju- not just decide to spend more money that doesn't exist. 
Uh, we'll be right back. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. On the radio from 1 till 4, after 4 o'clock, four o'clock John and Ken On Demand. It's a podcast. All right, Maria Ramirez, who apparently has worked in the L.A. County D.A. office for more than 30 years, will join us after 3 o'clock. She is another of the candidates challenging George Gascon for that job. And um, she was tops in a poll of potential replacements that we looked at on Friday. So uh, she said, why can't I come on? We said, sure. So we'll talk to her right after the news at 3 o'clock. We'll talk a bit more, too, about uh, all these candidates who are challenging George Gascon for that job. You know, we had mentioned uh, during the last segment that uh, we had in a record year of migrants uh, detained, encountered, whatever words you want to use. And the other story that popped up today is that for the first time ever, the leading nation putting migrants at our border is Venezuela. Although these are Venezuelans, some of them do not necessarily come directly from that country. They come from other South American countries, but they thought maybe uh, things will work out better for me <clears throat> in the U.S. And the reason I mention that is there was a story last week that Brazil is offering them jobs to come there. And I'm wondering if Brazil is losing some Venezuelans and they're trying to recruit people in Venezuela to come to Brazil and we'll get you a job. And I'm like, well, fine. Go there, right? Well, yeah. Because, well, yes. If, if, the, if a country wants immigrants and they're advertising, we, that's all the more reason we shouldn't be. That's we the argument we hear is that you need the job base as the population ages and people don't reproduce as much. You don't have as many young people to fill the jobs. So they often say you got to yeah. take a but this yeah. is one of the reasons Europe yeah. kind of opened its doors there for a while. <laughs> yeah, <European>. right. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, well, <laughs> that hasn't worked out really well. You have you you know what you have to have a vetting system. You have to have it uh, be orderly. You have to have people who have certain talents and education and skills. You can't just leave the door wide open. It's like what jobs are you trying to fill here? Now speaking of Biden, the Bloomberg did quite a story last week, uh, and this is relevant to California because we believe in alternative energy, right? Wind and solar are the future. Well, Joe Biden in twenty twenty one laid out a target of deploying 30 gigawatts of offshore wind capacity during the next nine years. Not sure he'll be around to see that, but... <laughs> well, two years later, people in the, in the industry are saying that's not going to happen. Uh, there have been huge cost overruns. Inflation is hitting the industry like you wouldn't believe. Uh, in June, the forecast was for 23.1 gigawatts in 2030, but then the industry suffered another blow last week. New York rejected developers' pleas for higher rates. That raises questions about the project. Uh, a lot of the people in the wind power industry are saying that it's just an impossible goal. All this is impossible. You know, this this is one of many impossible things. I just read a story over the weekend that flat out there's no way to build a charging stations that would be needed to meet these goals anytime soon. Just impossible. No. There's 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 no money to do it. There's no drive to do it. There's 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 too many obstacles. It's too difficult. I guess the, their response would be, well, we just want to get us on the right track, even if it no, takes 30 years longer no. than we thought. Well, 
the law is that in 2035 in California, you're not going to be able to buy a gas-powered car. So if they have aspirational goals, then they need to update the laws that they pass because the laws are going to be very destructive. And eventually they will. They'll put a pause on it and they'll, they'll lengthen it to 2045 and then 2055 and then maybe never. This is going to be one of those things that probably never happens, at least not in our lifetimes, because it's insane and stupid. Another, and, and, and that's just the charging stations, right? And we know many of those don't even work. There is absolutely no plan to increase the electric grid, a practical plan. Do you know how difficult that is and how costly that is? So listen to this about the winds. This is unbelievable. Two years ago, companies were making plans and signing power purchase agreements based on a projected cost of $77 per megawatt hour. Today, it has jumped to $114 per megawatt hour. So that's why they're saying this is not achievable. The costs are skyrocketing. We can't even keep up. It says here, the White House says we're using every legally available tool to advance American offshore wind opportunities and achieve the goal by 2030. But, you know, we have learned in some other countries, and I think they're in Europe, they've had problems with offshore wind it, it, because it, it, they don't get the winds they thought they'd get. No, it, everything about this was wildly exaggerated and wildly miscalculated because we have morons running our world. We have morons who jump on silly, stupid trends who either are bribed by or cave into the emotional pressure from activists and other whack jobs. You have the crazy people running the world. So uh, you're going to get crazy results by definition. How could you not? This is, this is not reasoned scientific analysis here. This is hysteria that the world is ending, that we're all overheating. We're all going to die. It's just hysteria. Now, how many good decisions are you going to make when you're in a state of hysteria? For those of you who have been in a state of hysteria, do you look back and say, wow, when I was hysterical, I made so many good decisions in my life? Yeah. That, that's impossible. And that's what we have. We have a global hysteria. It's, it's been a contagious hysteria. Well, I, I mean, and to put it simply, too, when you're using coal or using natural gas to get electricity, well, you know where the coal is and the natural gas can be taken from. But when you go to these alternatives, you're relying on the weather. You're relying on wind and the sun to shine. You're relying on solar. Uh, and that is just not as dependable. Genius, That's a big problem. With because that. there is no way to know from from month to month how much wind are you going to get. How you, much, can't, right? you can't know that. It's impossible. We've right. never known that. No, you can walk outside on a given day and it's windy for a week. And then uh, two there, weeks later, there's no wind to be seen for weeks. We do not have the collective intelligence and we may, we may never have it in order to predict long-term wind patterns. It's, that's just not possible. So to base a, 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 a major energy source on wind is insane. And, and they'll, they'll come, but you know what? In the meantime, lots of government money has enriched these wind companies. So there's people, make, people making fortunes producing wind machinery that's going to be useless. All right, when we return, we're going to be talking to a candidate to replace L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon. There's nine of them. Uh, this is Maria Ramirez, who's not yet been on our show. She has been in the Los Angeles County DA's office for more than 30 years. And one of the first things that pops out in the interview that they conducted with her at the uh, one of the media outlets was that she doesn't believe in decarceration. That should not be the goal of a DA's office. 
Uh, she'll join us next. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Sandy Wells, live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.